This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, time to exercise those demons and get into this week's edition of Off the Break Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. The newest Exorcist movie coming out. Exorcism 17 and coming to theaters this weekend. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I think that's what we're all feeling right now. I, I, I honestly forgot that there was a lot of Exorcist movies. I always thought there was like what the amazing one, one bad one, and then that was it. For some reason, I... They've just trafficked in these for a really long time. Yeah. What do you mean? There's How many could there be? You want to know how many there are? Yeah, yeah. There's I, there I don't know the, the exact one. total, but there's like I think there's like is, three to five of them. Isn't I think. this like the second in a three-part Exorcist? New, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. new one. Well, there it's was, the first part of a trilogy, right? Is it the first part? I mean, there's when, believer, when did the, this when is did the last this is one this is then, number six. This is number six. There's six. Exorcist seventy three. Exorcist still not that many. Besides Exorcist the first one, two seventy seven. Exorcist three nineteen ninety. Exorcist the beginning, two thousand four. Exorcist Dominion, prequel to Exorcist Dominion, two thousand five. And then Exorcist twenty twenty three plus the two additional ones we're gonna get after this one. Oh, this. I knew there was like. But this a, is number three. Or number six. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I. I always thought it stopped at like two for some reason. Like but it they, never felt like, you know, of all the horror movies that become franchises, you never right. think of like Exorcist as like Mm-mm. a franchise. That's why I'm like shocked right now. There's that many. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it still is not as many as like Halloween or, or Saw. Or Saw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saw, but, we're on Saw 10 right now. Yeah. And then Google's telling me there are 24 movies with exorcism or possession in the title. <laughs> Oh. oh, only 24? No, yeah. there's way more. There's like a, a hundreds, but Google's but we had, not I know, but we've, had, we've yeah. had a lot, though. I mean, that's, that's how you have these titles. We had The Pope's Exorcist, Oh yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have these, they sneak it in. Yeah. They're like, we're going to have an extremely long title. We're going to put Exorcism in it to make people think this is part of the Exorcist series, the chronology is that what, why they do it? It has to be, Cody. Or do they just know that exorcisms are an action? They're a thing that happens. A scary and, action. It, yeah, a scary action. And no. that this movie is going to have this that is, scary action. Disney did the opposite of this with the Marvels. They're like, we're going to cut it down to like the bare bones of what we have to have in the title. <laughs> yeah. Marvel is what they should have named it's it. It's just the brand name. From the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Marvel, based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> this is Marvel 23. No, tw- are we at 30 now? No. You, you, you can just throw in any number and we'd believe right. it. Yeah. No, short of... <laughs> there's there's less Marvel movies than movies with exorcism in them, but barely. <laughs> We're catching up. So, oh. yeah. But... Uh, yeah, oh, you go, Ken. I was going to say, but Kyle saw a non-Marvel Disney movie this past week. Yes. And boy, was it refreshing. Oh. <laughs> was it? I mean, kind of. It's a yeah. mixed bag. Well, um, I love the director, so I was like excited for this. I didn't love the trailer, but I love the visuals. Like, I, Rogue One has a special place for me. Yeah. Because of how good it is, and it's a standalone movie mm-hmm. until the end. I thought his Godzilla movie was pretty good, too. The one with um, Brian Cranston for 10 minutes. It is so <laughs> strange when you say that. It's like the people that pop up in 
Marvel universe and you're like Glenn Close is in a Marvel movie mm-hmm. and you have to like really like retrace your steps. <laughs> like Michael Douglas is in a Marvel movie. <laughs> and you're like, well, hold on. <laughs> like, but Brian Cranston in a Godzilla movie and it's like, yeah, he was. <laughs> and that first like 15, 20 minutes was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then it falls off a cliff after that. <laughs> they use Ken Watanabe as the glue guy to like, we're going to put it back together with you. <laughs> But uh, I don't want to say that too loud because Ken Watanabe is also in this movie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is the Brian Cranston of this movie. Yeah. Oh, so this oh, is no. the creator is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cody, yeah. get on board here. Yeah, sorry. Paw Patrol was last week. We're not talking about that. Oh, man, but I like... I'm excited that Paw Patrol was number one. Have you... Well, I mean, I think that was a given, though. Animated family title. No. See, it it was to everyone except for her. Yeah, because... She wasn't buying this. I wasn't buying... Not that I didn't think it wouldn't do well, but I don't know why... I I thought that Saw was going to be number one. For some reason, I just saw <laughs> Saw 10 was going to be number one. And then it was like a neck and neck between Paw Patrol and Creator. Mm-hmm. My big issue... The creator was that it was sci-fi and i was like no one wants a sci-fi it's a hard movie. sell yeah sci-fi has really gone away even mm-hmm. worse than comedies for theatrical no among other genres but yeah. yeah comedies still have their place i mean i barbie was a comedy mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. i mean you can't say they went away i'm just saying that <laughs> I mean, like barbie's number, number one movie of the last two years <laughs> but like with comedies there's always like oh but it includes action oh but it's part of a brand right. or mm-hmm. it it's maybe, but there's no like straightforward rom- comedies right maybe i compared. should have said romantic comedies romantic those comedies. have really died out of the theaters yeah so yeah so sci-fi and romantic comedies just don't sell well anymore in the theater i think the only reason dune did well is because it was more action than a romantic comedy yeah a romantic comedy <laughs> i'm sure there's exactly. laughs along the way <laughs> i guess it, it's pretty sci-fi but it just has a doesn't have that space feel to it, it felt gritty and i more, suppose it's not know. so in your face right like the technology is kind of grounded yeah a little bit yeah i mean sure. they're on a like, sort a of desert. kind of sort of like the machines are made of metal there's not like blue light flowing through them right <laughs> meanwhile the creator does that yeah <laughs> so it's how very it? sci-fi uh, like I said, it's a mixed bag, but with Ken and I, we really liked, I think, the visuals of I love his the movies. director. I love John David Washington. Yeah, it, it has those little flavors just for us, <laughs> and that was nice to see. And it was just really nice to see an original sci-fi adult-driven movie that, like you were saying, kind of with romantic comedies are just not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So at least this is one of the few that gets to break through and go into theatrical release and seeing... The visual scene, like the great visual effects and CGI that was in that was put into this movie, it's some of the, I don't know, next to Avatar in the past couple of months, it's the best that I've seen this year easily, oh, and it wow. just shows that, like, if you give people enough time and you give them the right resources, that you can, as a director, as like a creative team, you can put something good out there that looks amazing mm-hmm. and looks right for theaters. But it's just the story itself that falls flat in terms of characterizations, in terms of plot beats to go from point A to point B make needing to make a little bit more sense. Um, it doesn't dwell too much into like how the world works. It explains to you how we got to this point, but not in terms of like 
how things work in like this sci-fi future that we're in, but that's okay. I think it just works really well being like, here's the setup and that's all you need to know about. But in terms of like really um, connecting with the characters, especially like the two leads in John David Washington, the little girl that he's saving, um, just needed to be tweaked a little bit more, I would say. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it really would have stuck the landing. From watching the trailer, I feel like obviously the post-apocalyptic stuff reminds you of Terminator, but I feel like this is if Terminator 2 from the visuals didn't have the original Terminator to explain to you everything that was going on. <laughs> and you like walk into it, you're like, okay, Arnold's the good guy. Right. <laughs> I get this. Okay, they're trying to stop a war that could or could not be mm-hmm. happening. Like, mm-hmm. But it's like it it needs like that it from what you're saying it needed that origin story like you really needed to have like a deep understanding for that and then it was also futuristic in that it skips around and assumes everybody has their google vr headsets on to explain the missing pieces it yeah i suppose so it it um like i said i didn't mind that it doesn't explain like what's going on currently and how like the world works i was fine with what they did was set up so that way you can get a general idea but it does come at a price to where it takes creative liberties in hoping that from going from scene to scene it will have like a clear enough through line and can be made up for it by sci-fi the sci-fi aspects of it and it just doesn't stick the landing there as compared to like a terminator it does a much better job at doing that. It does. Yeah. No, it explains every single thing for simple minds like mine. <laughs> so oh, so the, the robot guy. is the bad guy. I get it. I get it. All right. Robots are all bad guys. All yeah. bad. This is a reprogrammed bad guy. I get it. Mm-hmm. Understand. So this one was so close. Just wish the script tied up a little bit better, helped out making you care for characters a little bit more, even though the acting's really good. Um, but some of like the characterization some of the logic when it comes to um what the humans are doing or what they're trying to do isn't quite there otherwise i think this would have been like a really great movie all the way through a really great sci-fi movie to see in theaters because again visuals were there and that's i haven't been to the theater in a couple of weeks so being able to hop back into like a theater atmosphere and getting that at least was um was really nice to have well, we're getting Taylor Swift into theaters next weekend. And then yeah. over the weekend, we got the announcement that Queen Bay is going to be in theaters also yes. December 1st. The Beehive was buzzing. <laughs> Where's our movie? Yeah. <laughs> and now we got one. Yeah, it was just announced that Beyonce is going to be releasing a documentary about her Renaissance concert that's going to be coming out beginning of December. So what is that? December first. It is December first. And, 1st. and mm-hmm. uh, early shows on eleven thirty. So they're they're evolving. <laughs> <laughs> the, the musical stars with movies and theaters. It's yeah. changing as we as we go forward. But it's still four weeks. Prime shows. It's play. a very specific policies. Yeah. Higher ticket prices. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, it is event cinema. Mm-hmm. So it is being treated like an event. And this one is harder. You know, I. I get so much flack no, for this. No, no, Taylor, <laughs> speak of this very general, Cody. Okay. Don't get the Bayhive frustrated with you. Taylor Swift literally has upset with me. Taylor Swift literally has twice as many followers as Beyonce. Okay. So she has half the uh, Beyonce has half the audience right. of followers that will be interested in buying her okay. tickets. Also, that's that's a fact. That's not saying she's worse. She no. has half the amount of current social media followers. Also, 
her timing, I think, is <laughs> Cody's gonna light her up. Poor <laughs> on this decision. No, Cody, don't do that. I know. I got to. I got to say, say her hair's bad. I dare it's just, you. It's going through the holidays. Kids are dumb. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Say her husband's fat. Stop it. Stop it. And I'm not saying any of that. And it's just a harder time to to have alternative content event cinema on screen especially so she is just by virtue of timing not going to get the same amount of screens that taylor is going to get and it's not a decision of who's better it's just a timing decision on that and we have like 10 wide releases two weeks before and we have 10 wide releases in the four weeks after right Mm -hmm. so So there's there's less space so much first run you know movie content commercial content coming out Uh, and then i would say like on top of all that they, she's going out on the december 1st weekend that is usually the weekend right after the thanksgiving weekend it's the worst and weekend it, of the year one of the worst weekends of the year one of yep. the worst weekends of the year and you know i just feel like everybody forgets it's not a bad weekend because we never have content there are truly bad weekends in the year because there is never a good movie on that weekend that mm. you would look at some later weekends in august and september and definitely in january there are just never good movies on some of those weekends this one it's you always have thanksgiving product holding over so you always have something but it's because people want are ready for the holidays and it's like the first big shopping weekend before you know christmas so it's the first weekend after the black friday excitement yeah. where yeah, all the prepared people get out there that's and it. then mm-hmm. it's time for like the second wave but then it, <laughs> but then people start like really getting into the holiday spirits and then there's holiday parties there's lots of more shopping there's more holiday events going christmas around. programs christmas stuff I mean, god yeah. if you have kids you have like 19 things going on right. in so, december the, that you got no time. You for add day. all of that <laughs> on top of having we all make of time. these movies, and I, I just think it's very poorly timed. Like she could have gone in January post New Year's and and had a run like Taylor's gonna have, mm-hmm. and she would have gotten so many more locations. And I know that this isn't because this is AMC again, you know, negotiating these things, and, and I, to get it out as soon as possible, and that's. Me. part of their yeah yeah you got to do it quickly first with taylor and then immediately after it's beyonce right i'm sure they're trying to create some <clears throat> momentum right. i just feel that beyonce is getting the shaft a little on at uh, this timing no i w- i would agree with that i also think that the so, movie itself sounds more like a documentary compared to a concert a oh, concert I'm, film or even like one of her own oh, i'm genuinely excited about the content of this film versus the taylor swift content because really? taylor swift content is going to be a concert Front yeah. to back, right. the whole thing, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. This is actually like a documentary of different concerts. It shows you her in different venues. See, and I kind of like the Taylor route. I don't want to see a front to back live concert. With... I think that's what I, I want to show. But the fan base but, does. Yeah, I think if I want to go to one of these, I want the show. I don't need it to go from a song to her talking about the song. Like, I really don't care about that part don't care about the process just show me the results i want to see her in her beautiful costumes and all of the you know like showmanship of the show all of the pyro that i'm sure she's gonna have and the sparkles and the i want that cody just cody just complimented taylor i know it's kind of weird i know genuinely but it's not because i was she's right did the earth's axis just tilt slightly (laughs) (laughs) i was genuine on there um 
so yeah, I mean, it sounds like then as film buyers, you're suggesting that maybe don't quite jump the gun on the Beyonce train more than Taylor just because of the timing. Yeah. I just think the timing's tougher. I think people want to are interested and want, want something like this. It's just, I don't think that there's the availability of the screens that there was for Taylor. Yeah, yeah. but if you have a big Beyonce crowd, go for it. Go Promote for it. the heck out of it. You'll figure it out with your other screens. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. you, there be things that you will miss because of this. Mm-hmm. That's that's 100% a fact. But if you think you have the audience to pull it off for for two weeks, it's going to be better than what we have the first two weeks of December. Go for oh, it. for sure. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> no, no, that no. In but those you're gonna weeks, you're gonna suffer on something. weeks three and four. You're gonna lose a show of, you're gonna lose a screen, a prime show for Wonka. You're gonna lose something. Right. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna miss out. But if you've got room for it for the first two weeks, yeah. go crazy. Get do excited. You, if the opening numbers turn out poorly, do you think the distributors would at all uh, loosen up on the reins when it comes to how to book it? Like, would it be easier to get it or be off of it? Uh, in the coming weeks after the first weekend it's or? possible but the number is going to be huge i think the number no is just what. i think the number is going to be big like not not taylor swift number because we're seeing it in as small of complexes as you can put a movie yeah we have very small theaters we have two twins. screen theaters putting mm-hmm. it in mm-hmm. um so it's it's going to be quite literally everywhere beyonce is going to be you know I would say eight plexes and up. Sixty percent of yeah, that. So fifty percent of the total screen count. Yeah. So of, of Taylor. So it's going to be smaller, but the the grosses are going to be there. They're putting it in Very. places where it makes sense. But it's still going to be if if Taylor opens to a hundred million, that means Beyonce's opportunity is to open to sixty percent of that. But it's still going to put it as the biggest movie. Some of the biggest <laughs> openings of the year. The biggest concert movie, uh, the second biggest concert movie of all time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, no, it's going to it's gonna keep bringing more and more, like they're going to find, okay, what's the third biggest band? Oh, it's Coldplay. Because <laughs> Metallica already has their thing going. They're going to find somebody else and it's just going to be this run of It's going to be Garth Brooks. Yeah. It's going to be something Again. like that after the live concerts after we did in 2020. The Garth Brooks live concert for drive-ins in 2020 were actually huge. The the That's not surprising. some of those drive-ins but, sold out of that. But if they could lock big. Garth Brooks in for the third concert, he might be Beyonce. <laughs> and that's funny to say, <laughs> that, but it's very true. The Beyonce from what we saw. drive-ins. <laughs> and hey. if he times it much better and not go If he's at, the January one. If he's the January mm-hmm. one. Yeah, he could beat Beyonce. I know. Well, You're welcome AMC and Variants yeah. for your <laughs> trillion dollar idea we just dropped in your laps. Well, my personal rankings go Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and then Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh, yes. Which Co- I think can segue into our next topic. <laughs> yes. So Kyle sent this over. Give me give me some of the specifics on this, but Kevin Costner back in theaters, directing and not starring, but directing He's a Western. Starring. He stars in He's it. He stars in it. Yeah. His name wasn't even... He's starring in it. He's starring in it. Kyle, give me some more information. Him with a gun. Give me some more. Like, well, yeah, he's always holding a gun, Cody. Yeah, but it's <laughs> he just got divorced. Why would he not hold the gun? Right. He's all pew pew. <laughs> Free man. So this week it got announced that Kevin Costner's new western is going to be coming out the theaters. Uh, it's a it's called Horizon, I believe. Um, I should have written it down on these notes. <laughs> but 
Warner Bros. is going to be Fill us in with the information, it. Kyle. I think yeah. it's called Warner. I think it's called Horizon. I think it's so a Warner Brothers Warner. movie. I it might be. It is Gears. a Warner Brothers title. I did see that. I saw it was New Line. No, it is. Which, it, which it, he works with. Yeah, it will be in theaters, but it's going to be having two release dates over the summer of 2024. There's because... going to be a part one and part two. Is that what you're yeah. getting at? Yeah. Part one and part two for an adult western, starring and directed by Kevin Costner. It's, so what's going on? <laughs> this is a, a event cinema cinema yeah. at its finest. I am so Hon- excited. Honestly, for this. I don't think I can put it much better. I think you nailed it. I am so excited for this. This is such a smart way to do this. I, I don't love that it's June. I know why it's June because it's a huge month and right. This it's is summer. Warner Brothers has their DC stars. Mm-hmm. And after that, they they have Ben Affleck, I guess, that does movies for them. Right, but he's not a huge box office guy. No, like so, he Kevin does, he can do critically acclaimed, but Kevin films, Costner, but... good God, like as far Coming as coming off what you Yellowstone, get, he'll, after Tom Cruise, Kevin Costner is like old school movie star that's yeah. still around that still generates revenue. Yep. So, and to do the two movies back to back, just Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it's not <laughs> even like one movie one year, the next. Nope, I twenty twenty five. I love this idea. It's a it's a like an eight week intermission. Yeah, I, I love this. Yeah. It's for all those people that have to get their get their walkers out, get the rascals charged up, get to the theaters. <laughs> they go, they watch the movie, they go home, and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that again in eight weeks, but I'm gonna because. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Costner. I do like the June August. It's close together. You, he, I think they understand that the run is going to be a really solid three, you know, three weeks, and then probably tapers off. So just, but it gives it room to. It's long enough that you can play it off, which is perfect. Perfect. I mean, eight weeks is the number, and then you go into it, and the momentum and the excitement is still there. Could you imagine if? Any other movies did that, like Mission Impossible or Spider Verse or whatever? You know, these two parter phenomenas instead of doing them like back-to-back years you would just sprinkle them throughout the year no i mean it's it's beyond awesome the last time we had one like this i think and i'm probably wrong because i'll get fact-checked after this but i think it was the matrix did two and three in relatively quick right i can look relatively quick return or pirates did like two in the same year i think you're right on both of those let me check but they were like it was but I think that was like when Hollywood was printing money and we can just put these two out in the same year and it's no big deal. Well, I just, the, the, <laughs> if we what, blow they through weren't the... making so many films with so many special effects that the that they were getting bogged down in that but post-production. This, but this is a Western. This is going to have like zero special right, effects. Right, that's why he can get it out Yeah, so no, it's so awesome. And, and then... he's not going through a studio that doesn't know how to make a film without special effects. So that's good for him. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Yeah, Matrix Reloader and Revolutions were um, six months apart in 2023. Yeah. And that was probably in, in what, 2003? 2003. Yeah, did I say 2023? <laughs> yeah. My bad. In 2003. Because they had to wait for the VHS and DVD market. Yep. Because they had to go the six months for those Remember to be when released. That was important. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish know. it still was. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slow things down a little bit, but it is. Oh, this is beyond exciting news for his for his fans for his new yellowstone fans like this is going to be such a huge piece of our summer next year i just hope it doesn't take place in montana 
I'm sure it's in the I synopsis. Mean, <laughs> okay, this is this is near. A, let's make a Wyoming movie. I think Wyoming needs a little. There's, bump there's up. more space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try and see. If okay, he's gonna good. look it up. Now we gotta see. It is called Horizon, by the way. Oh, nailed it. Horizon, an American saga. Oh no, oh. it's not. You got you got one out of six words, Kyle. <laughs> it doesn't count. American saga. Okay, that's like the subtitle. <laughs> yeah. The important part is that is it was it based Horizon. on a true story? Uh. No, no. Oh. Too bad. Kevin Costner. It's a Warner Bros. movie. No. <laughs> Kevin Costner played a Cleveland Browns general manager that won a draft, and he played a professional baseball pitcher. So no. Okay. No. Uh, he doesn't. Detroit. Does not say where it was shot at. So no, Montana, not Montana it is. Montana, not Montana. <laughs> I don't want any more people. Opening here. scene is going to be Montana, 1863. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be Bozeman now, and it'll show like how cheap flights are. <laughs> Cody's like, no, trip advisor, <laughs> telling everybody how great the restaurants are. Yeah. Uh, all right, so do we want to now jump over to our final topic of the episode? Yeah, because I hope when this movie comes out, there's a huge Kevin Costner standee. In the lobbies with like a whole prairie western like, I agree. motif for you to take pictures at. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I not, don't know. It, with the sign, not Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And, and women, Filmed in Wyoming. Women, in Wyoming. <laughs> women over 50, not allowed to take pictures with it. <laughs> it so can't just, touch. No Look, touching. but no touching. No touching, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of folded, <laughs> yeah. torn apart pieces yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Lipstick on it. In yeah. Places. <laughs> not so random. Anyway. We got to move on to the physical materials in yeah. the theater, the physical yeah. so advertisements. We're just getting into, you know, the holidays and and theaters want to decorate lobbies with a lot of cuz we are actually having a lot of upcoming films. Really good ones. And um Oh, but, phew. Whew, really finally yeah, good you product. Yeah, worried there. You just trailed off and Yeah. didn't sound good. <laughs> but what they're <laughs> struggling with is getting oh, time and time again, getting posters and getting standees. And just getting any physical marketing materials from the studios. And and we just, you know, keep wanting to remind people that the studios are trying to cut costs. And they are, I really think, trying to get out of sending physical printed materials, including posters, you know, one sheets, standees, all that stuff. Every, every theater has a pile of a thousand one sheets in it. And... That is a thing of the past. Your theater probably also has 35 millimeter reels, which are going to be a thing of the past here soon too. And yep. it's these these are not going to be something that that moves forward in our industry just because of how do you get something that's 20, 21 by 47 right shipped to a location that's in to the middle of nowhere to three to four thousand theaters. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so you're. So what's ha- happening is it's on usually a first come first serve basis, and the bigger theaters are getting them, as, but because they're only making so many for the theaters that open these films on the break. So if you're a little town theater and you play it off the break a couple weeks later, you're just probably not going to get a poster for it. So um, you either need to think of alternatives about like printing your own posters and, and absorbing that cost, or getting digital signage, and it really stress the idea of really looking into getting digital signage and the digital signage is inconvenient to begin with it is expensive to begin with but once it's done it's there's no cost other than electricity running through it it's Mm -hmm. literally just if we have places that use something as simple as a a stick drive that they plug into the 
it plug into a television. Right. And then and it, it just it, pictures, just rotate. Just cycles pictures and it's it's more technology you're involving in your lives, which is not what you want right. as a theater owner normally, but it's it's going to improve your uh, your well, demeanor substantially yeah. from having to request a one sheet, finally get a one sheet, and then find out the box has been smashed. <laughs> or just get getting a one sheet on time. You know, yeah. I have had several locations that have tried to been really proactive and have ordered it, knowing that they're going to play it off the break, ordered it ahead of time, and getting it after they've played it. Mm-hmm. It's just, what was the point of wasting that money for that? Or yeah. getting them... I don't know why they've ever this ever started as a thing, but putting the dates on the one sheets oh. for the releases. No yeah. one needs the date on the one sheet. No. But then it's then inevitably the film gets pushed, changed, and then you have to get a new one sheet or you have to just put a piece of paper over the date. Yeah. I mean I've tell even, them I've even Gran seen Turismo that. now on nine twenty two. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that on whatever it was. Trailers like this year shown in the theater like mm-hmm. they just don't change the date in time mm-hmm. so it still right. is the same well that's like laziness. original date that is laziness yeah. but it if there's laziness coming from that simple fix i would imagine mm-hmm. then certainly it's going to be right challenging for you know something like shipping a one sheet and i and it's sad about the standees because a, a one sheet a poster is one thing you can print your own poster digital signage takes care of that mm-hmm. but nothing mm-hmm. replaces having that big cardboard standee in a lobby and not yeah. not every lobby is able to have those you know but when you are it really fills the space and makes it feel like an attraction and they change out multiple times a year mm-hmm. and it creates you know without having to redecorate it changes right. the the feel of the inside of the the theater so that one, I kind of wish that, you know, like concessions for popcorn bucket tins and and cups, that it would go to a third party that has that gets the license and is able to create them, and then you could order them yourselves. Like maybe that's hopefully where the standees will go one day. And yeah, and I know it's not something we want to bridge that topic, but if it goes to the first. 1500 2000 theaters that want it and other theaters want it maybe there's a cost maybe there's right. a way to recycle these and get them to somewhere else yeah and so reuse we... them after the fact i mean you don't need the well, meg 2 standee after the first week right <laughs> like that doesn't need to be at your theater it didn't need to be there the first week grosses. <laughs> no i i think too if it could go to a third party so it's not just a studio ordering this one type of standee for 2000 theater locations mm-hmm. and and taking that cost maybe they license it out the third party can then have two or three sizes so that smaller lobbies could have access because a lot of times some of the standees are so large Mm -hmm. that they don't fit in these lobbies and so lobbies never get a chance at it so i don't think the studios are seeing the real um demand for the standees because of the way they're being manufactured now if you could go and order say like a, a, a extra large, a large, a medium, and a small size, and it's the same licensed product, just smaller. I think you'll start seeing a lot more interest from. Or if they just capped them at what? Would we figure out it was seven and a half feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the Creed Three had this awesome one. Oh my gosh! But it was eight foot tall, and turns out 
ceilings in most of our small theater <laughs> lobbies are exactly eight, eight feet. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of people with a lot of box knives cutting the top off of <laughs> top off of Creed Three. <laughs> yeah. But that was exciting for them because they never really get opportunities at standees. And that one no, was crazy. True. It was like 16 feet long. It was big. It was awesome. It was huge. <laughs> but if you could have a small version of that. You know, you know six the, by eight. Right. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> Set it up on a wall. So, yeah. So, it just, that should be evolving. And it would be nice if trade associations maybe could bridge that topic a little bit more with studios and say, hey, how can we have more access to these things, even if it's at the cost of the theater to to do it because then it shows those theaters that are more proactive and really want more marketing materials and want to dress up their lobbies would have opportunities at them right now there's just no opportunity yep. at it yeah definitely there's enough technology now like we had for a short time during the pandemic where certain film companies were able to remove like wire costs from film rental yeah to help out because they didn't have staffs to cover processing checks and things like mm-hmm. that so you would think something like this like if the theater is willing to pay a hundred dollars right. for that we could cut that out of film rental because yeah. it's a hundred dollars worth of promotion well, so we have a benefit of hopefully more ticket sales there's always a film that really speaks to a particular theater in a year you know and there's always a film that even the little guys get really excited for and i just would like to see them have the the marketing opportunities that big guys get for that so that it really feels genuine for and localized for their community. Yeah, and then Standy for Sound of Freedom would have been really inappropriate, Cody. <laughs> would it have been? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I d- you could have made a cool one. <laughs> you know, I... Depending on the location, I'm not sure how it would go. I don't know. (laughs) Everyone was mad at that movie. (laughs) Mad at the movie, mad at the theater, mad Mad at at somebody. I don't know. We need to be mad at something. Let's here. We'll do it with this one. (laughs) We did that. We we booked that movie so wrong and so right at the same time. (laughs) Hey, we all made money in the end, right? I think everybody made money on that movie. Yeah, we're all happy after being mad. (laughs) Wasn't that worth it? Yeah, excitement and back and forth. Oh, well, does that wrap us up for that this week? Now that we're done talking week. about Kevin Costner, yep. Sound of Freedom again for the 14th time in yeah. 2023. Surprisingly, not as much Beyonce or uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, no, next week is the week. Next week is the week. We That's get true. It, it, it'll, it'll be the week. Not not next podcast because that'll be the Friday of Taylor coming but out. We'll but we'll know the following week. We'll be we'll be excited, and then we'll be able to yeah. announce all the crazy numbers that it did. Mm-hmm. Yes, on a two-hour, forty-five-minute runtime, it may be the highest-grossing like two-hour and forty-five-minute movie of all time. <laughs> Boy, you're just raising the bar on. Like, no, no, there's yeah. not that. The numbers aren't that spectacular for these long movies. Yeah, we'll see. There, just can't be. Right. They can't be, Cody. They, they don't get enough showtimes in it. No, I, they I don't get enough showtimes. That's why Venom it's did not so good. Opportunity because <laughs> it was ninety to... minutes. Yeah, not enough opportunity to get people in butts and seats. Mm-hmm. Get those mm-hmm. dollars. I'm here for the Bayhive and the Tayhive. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Bring on the concerts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we're out of here and enjoy the Exorcist weekend, hopefully, and get ready for Taylor Swift. Start making your friendship bracelets, everybody. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.